Hi, welcome to Tote Talks by Tote Collab. My name is Ashley Wyatt, and I am the Regional Midwestern Rep for Laminart and Arborite. Today, we are going to have Paul Benson joining us from Primate Studio out of Brooklyn, New York. So I want to welcome Paul Benson from Primate Studio to Tote Talks today. How's it going, Paul? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you. You too. <laughs> it's good. You know, I'm luckily staying busy. And honestly, my friends and family have been pretty healthy. So I'm feeling pretty fortunate. Absolutely. We have to appreciate that. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your path to the profession that you end up ended up in and kind of how you got to where you are now? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I was really always interested in, um, you know, architecture, playing with Legos as a kid, um, which I think many people in our industry can relate to. And, you know, then I, then I got into websites and maybe if I was smart, I would have stuck in that area. But I wanted to merge sort of digital and spatial design. And so I ended up in a firm that was working on a mix of in-person and online experiences. Very cool. And um, a lot of the physical space design has a lot of technology. So, you know, I sort of found my niche. Nice, nice. And based on that path and sort of where you ended up, what, what are a few things that you wish you would have known, you know, 10 years ago, Paul, um, you know, and you mentioned digital design and sort of that experiential design. Um, you know, what are some things that you wish you would have known maybe in design school or right out of college that would be helpful for you now? Yeah, sure. Um, interesting you asked that. I just talked to um, my old scholars, um, mentor, professor sort of person at Ohio State, um, invited me to talk with some students last week. And that was one thing he had me talk about. And um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, we get, maybe we get one life on this earth. And so what are the things that are important? Um, you know, what should we do and figure out on this journey? Um, <laughs> perhaps um, not so relevant to your specific question. But if I would tell myself a few things when I was younger, I'd probably tell them, sort of go for it. You know, that little idea that you're not quite sure about in the back of your head, explore it. I mean, if you kind of are interested, go for it. Um, so that could be trying a lot of different things and going out there and having experiences and meeting people. I mean, that's that's how we become, you know, a better, more empathetic, empathetic human. <laughs> so true. That's so true. And, you know, I think that that, that confidence is such a huge aspect of exploring a lot of the things, especially creatively, that maybe, I think it's the fake it till you make it mentality, right? Like, you might not be the best at it, and it might not work the first time around, but you have to give it a go to find out. So. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and we never will. It's sort of like empowering when you realize that there's never a moment when, you know, you feel confident. And if so, it might be when you're six feet under. It's sort of a life journey. So, you know, if we're never perfect, if we're never completely confident, then we can be completely confident with our imperfect self right now. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Just like being at peace with sort of the imperfections of it all. Um, now, you mentioned Ohio State, and I know that you went to design school there, um, as did I, obviously. Thank you for all the inspirations from many years ago. Um, on that front, who are some people that have really inspired you? You know, you've mentioned that you've spoken with some professors recently, but are there certain individuals or professionals 
um, or family or friends that you feel really helps you hone in your creative juices or, you know, after a conversation with them, you feel super inspired? Yeah, sure. There's so many, so many excellent people out there. And we were just doing interviews for a project we're working on. And it's always just such a reminder when you get out there and talk to people how amazing just any old person off the street is. Everyone has such a wonderful story. And, you know, if you're open and are somewhat kind, you know, they'll let you into their little world. And it's just so, so amazing what you discover. But yeah, for me, I'm just so fortunate to have a very supporting family. And, you know, it, it hasn't always been perfect, but I do love that, you know, we're sort of, I'm seeing people like my dad and mom grow and change still in their lives. Um, and that's inspiring. And then of course, yeah, some excellent professors and, um, yeah, I mentioned my scholars, um, my coordinator, David McIntyre, um, who's, who's been really great for me. And then professionally, oh my gosh, you could imagine, I mean, you probably experienced this. Wow. Some excellent colleagues. Isn't that the best? It really is. It really is. And (laughs) even like the whole, now that we're doing, you know, the tote talks and this new podcast and it's kind of like a new element to tote collab, which you actually helped build originally. Um, it's been so fun to spend so much time with a lot of those colleagues and feel inspired by the things that they do. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I just, I just helped, um, give you, I, we chatted about it, but honestly, yeah, I'm so proud of you. I, I'm so proud that, um, of the work you're all doing and, um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's exciting to watch for me and helps me. So it's like a feedback loop, you know, there's room at the table for everyone to be successful. And if we help each other, you know, rising waters lift all boats. (laughs) Yes. All of our like creative artsy boats can be lifted together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So cool. On kind of like that same front when it comes to inspiration, can you share with us like some of your secret Instagrams that like you love to look at for eye candy or if there are, doesn't have to be Instagram, but if there's like certain people or certain firms that you really try to follow along because they um, really give you some of those like extra tidbits that you hadn't thought about. Yeah. Hmm. What do I like? <laughs> oh. um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm venturing into this um, strate- strategic design territory at um, Parsons right now for my master's. And, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense because I, you know, growing up, it's like, oh, I love, I love this radio talk show. I love this, you know, newspaper article about economies in India. It's like, <laughs> it's like, why, you know, what kind of designer are you? Um, and so I've, I'm finding a lot of inspiration from everywhere. And, you know, the more you can absorb thoughtfully, perhaps, you know, the better sort of designs we can put out into the world. But specific to Instagram, hmm, I mean, you know, it's easy to get lost in tech, right? Um, really? I've really enjoyed Instagram as a communication, just a messaging platform between friends. So I, I'm kind of in love with some memes that <laughs> make me laugh <laughs> in such a chaotic and stressful world. As far as inspiration, like me plus your mom, like your crafty mom in the suburbs yeah. are on Pinterest and loving it. I'm not sure if they realize that I'm a target demographic, 
But for a creative person, Pinterest has been really amazing. I don't know. Do you use that? Yeah. No, it <laughs> it, it really is. From And it, it runs the gamut, doesn't it? Between... Mm-hmm. cooking and interiors and hairstyle. I mean, you can, you can find anything that you're looking for on Pinterest. And like you said, it, it really yeah. like spans all generations and target audiences and all those things. Yeah. But I love, Oh my gosh, I don't know what the algorithm is, but yeah, if you get in there and you're on that good designer thread, the good architect thread, they recommend such amazing stuff. And then you have to force yourself to try to look at the architect or the firm that did it and try to, you know, use your brain, which is, Challenging. That can be hard hard sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. So um, tell me a little bit about the projects you've been working on and Primate Studio and kind of the evolution of the business that you've been in the last few years. Sure. Um, I definitely have slowly um, arrived where I am. And I anticipate that'll continue and it'll always be an evolution. But yeah, I... I, um, Finished undergrad right after the recession in 2008 or nine. And, um, you know, I was pretty happy in Columbus. I honestly would live there again. But um, I left because the economy wasn't so good and I had family here in New York. And so I quickly took a job for no money, but it had really great projects and opportunity to sort of hone my skills and learn a thing or two. And so I stuck around at that agency for a while uh, before going freelance. And that slowly turned into Primate Studio. And for a second there, I had some employees, but I sort of backed off a little bit because I didn't want to build a pyramid scheme, (laughs) you know. So I kind of like working with talented collaborators. So it's sort of a network of people. A lot of us have our own companies. It's a little confusing, but I think I've wrapped my head around it. Confusing for myself. so I think I've wrapped my head around it. It's sort of, we all collaborate on different projects and I, I really enjoy that. So I do that. And then I'm venturing into this social entrepreneurship space, which I, I, I kind of avoided before because it seemed like every questionable bro or something, you know, was an entrepreneur. And so I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm that. And I don't know about you, but it seemed like within our possibilities as a designer, oh, you could have your own little design firm. That makes sense. But wow, I mean, kind of our skills translate and are what is needed in business today. It's sort of like, how can we look at these huge systems that are, you know, deeply flawed and find moments to intervene to hopefully make some positive change? So I've really enjoyed trying to connect um, social, environmental, and fiscal sustainability together in these in what used to be my side art projects. Now I have side social startup ventures, which is kind of an interesting trajectory I'm excited about for the next decade. Yeah. No, that is, that is so cool. And that's really interesting. And I appreciate that you've really sort of tailored your approach and your strategy and like how you come to market based around um, – you know, more of like those, those social outlooks and how do you go about I me? Mean, I know that you partner with a lot of different other, you know, small companies and entrepreneurs. How do you go about finding those partners and making sure that they're aligned with, you know, kind of what your goals and what your mission is with these projects? Yeah. I, I look at the world and see that it's more polarized than ever. And that battle isn't just on television. <laughs> It's also at the workplace yeah. between coworkers and um, between clients. So it's like, how do you approach that? 
And so I don't think you can ever do it perfectly. You know, I've never completely aligned with any client um, in all the ways so or any other person. So what do you do? And so I, I guess like, you know, if there's an opportunity to maybe do some good, you know, you can help where you can and help people get there and be kind to people that are different than you, which sounds like something we all could agree to. But then when you get into it, it's like, oh, even if they might as a company do something that I don't completely agree with, it's like, can I help them get there? I don't know. Um, yeah, but so that's for clients. Um, look, I've been very fortunate to befriend some good clients. Um, and they kind of can keep me afloat, um, in general. And then for collaborators, I mean, I get along with a lot of people. <laughs> good problem. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Just people I've worked with in the past that, you know, when you get along and compliment each other, um, you continue yeah. uh, working together in different types of projects. And but um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Like, you know, I still am like, oh, am I working? I, you know, I don't go to a job nine to five and have a boss and a job title and a paycheck that comes every two weeks. So it's like, oh, is this what I'm doing? Is this right? And then it's like, okay, I guess so. So that that's kind of liberating. It's like, oh, I can devote two hours to this job, two hours to this side project, two hours to this, and that's my day, and that's okay. Yeah. And it probably lends itself more to you having the freedom to create the right solutions too. Like being able to work in a way that's organic for you mm -hmm. and kind of makes sense for your lifestyle and your schedule and your cat and all of those things. So, um, so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. So what are, can you give us some examples of, um, you know, those, those clients or those projects you work with where maybe they aren't there, um, with like their goals from a social standpoint, um, or an ethical standpoint or whatever it might be. Can you give us some examples of, you know, how you help clients get there and maybe like the, the type of work, um, cause you do a lot of set design, but you know, for like the type of design that you do, like, how do you help those customers or those clients get to where they want to be from that standpoint? So I don't know. I'm still wrapping my head around it. Like I, I just was doing research today and the United Nations says that the world has nine years to mitigate the worst of climate change. Okay. You could imagine, um, that might affect business. <laughs> a little bit. A little um, bit. So increasingly, I think, yeah. So I think increasingly um, uh, companies that want to survive and leaders of those companies that want to survive, you know, will be an easier person to convince. But, you know, maybe my job is to help them. So, okay, so to bring this down to earth. <laughs> so it's like, Okay, so when we do the next Olympics, you know, what are our main goals? You know, it's like before it's like, oh, of course we want to try to use products that are good for the earth, environmentally friendly, try to recycle and reuse when we can. And now it's now going forward, it's like, you know, that's a requirement. It's sort of like <laughs> it has to happen or else what are we doing? Um, so that's that's been an interesting shift I've seen. Yeah. And so, and so whose job is that to make that happen? It's all of our job. And if no one's doing it at, you know, the company you're at, it's like, you know, what are the ways you can include it in the work you're doing? Um, because if you're not, you know, it's, it's going to negatively affect the bottom line. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
And I know that you mentioned that you are getting your master's degree. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and sort of what, uh, what drove you to, you know, get some additional education and why you chose, you chose the school that you picked and the studies that you're, that you're into right now? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I, I work with some excellent people on meet the press um, which is the longest running news television show in the history of the world. Wow. And um, so it's, if it's this bastion of sort of freedom of press sort of moments, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm at a table with, I'm at a table with, you know, a woman who's definitely had to fight to get there. Um, a Jewish guy who's like definitely had to fight to get there. You know, an, a son of an Irish immigrant that's had to fight there, me, a gay guy. So it's at, you're at this table with these people that have skin in the game and really need to make sure that the messages being communicated to audiences are being sent and being received in the right way to make the most positive change in the world. Um, so that's, that's quite inspiring. But I started talking about that because what was your question? <laughs> no, your master's degree. I was just asking about like, oh, yeah. what, uh, what brought you to that? Yeah. So I um, wanted to dive into a master's degree so that when I was sitting at those super important tables, you know, I brought my A game. If news in America is broken, you know, it, looking around, <laughs> who is going to fix it? Okay. So there's honestly a lot of people working on it, but if I'm there, I probably have to know my stuff. So I thought maybe some education could give me that opportunity to learn more and be the, be a better me. Um, so I did it for that. Also, I would love to teach a class on the side, um, while I work to keep my mind working. Um, and so that was another sort of reason why. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and then quick question for you. So kind of back to Primate Studio a little bit um, and the type of work that you do. And I know that you're pretty specialized within the um, design design community, um, like user interface design, that kind of thing. What's maybe like a common misconception um, or an old wives tale that you feel like a lot of people assume about the design industry or about what you do in particular? Yeah, I think you froze at the end, but I think I got it. Um, Yeah, so misconceptions are often just reflections of people's knowledge and experience. So it's like, I don't blame the, you know, the, the, not the victim, but like, I don't blame the average person for what they know or think about something. Like, that's okay. So I found... Yeah, I mean, set design historically is, you know, <laughs> a facade made of bubblegum and tape and styrofoam <laughs> and best wishes. And that's that's the reality. So if it's very much a temporary fake facade, you, you know, a lot of people probably assume that um, the reason why it's shaped the way it's shaped or, you know, laid out the way it's laid out is also something superficial. But... Trust you, me, <laughs> there's a lot of thought that really goes into it um, regarding 
how best to communicate what news stations are trying to communicate to their audience. Very cool. Very cool. And what are some, um, can you talk to us about any of the projects that you're working on currently? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm working on, mm, oh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, Tokyo. Ooh. I'm working for NBC Sports, um, designing with, with some talented colleagues at HT Studio, designing their um, broadcast facilities for the Tokyo Games. So that consists of a few different studios, I think an outdoor space, um, but essentially working on that. That is so cool. And then because it got delayed a year, um, we had to start working on Beijing, which is the following Olympics already um, before people get too caught up in Tokyo. Um, so we're working on that at the same time as Tokyo, which is insane and not normal. Um, and then there might be a town hall coming up with Biden or Kamala Harris that I might be working on. Um, so you guys a lot are of details you. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what else am I doing? Oh, I just started a project in Boston with an excellent group of people. I'm working with Provost Studio in North Carolina. They, it's, it's kind of a cool project. We just had a meeting about it this morning. But it's a company that's using augmented reality in interesting ways in physical spaces and then doing a lot of broadcast and doing virtual stuff. So that's like an interesting project. Um, what else am I working on? I'm working on a lot. It's not, <laughs> yes, it sounds like you're busy and getting a master's degree. Um, and I know that you also have this really cool project called Brooklyn Creative Club. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit and kind of how, especially in the time of COVID and a lot of you know, not being able to spend in-person time with our colleagues and our friends and getting that inspiration um, that you've sort of implemented this group in your local community to attempt to bring that back together. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, this is Brooklyn Creative Club is um, a recent new baby side project, startup, <laughs> passion project, something. <laughs> yeah. And um, so when um, who I work with frequently. He's a really talented motion designer. Um, we have freelanced for a long time. And, you know, if an increasing number of Americans are shifting towards the gig economy, good or bad, it's happening. Um, so what's, you know, what's being left behind? And, you know, so we definitely have some firsthand experience in that missed social connection that happens before a meeting or after a meeting around the water cooler. So it's sort of like, okay, what can we do to help these independent workers um, to supplement that, to make that better? And so, yeah, last year, uh, innocently enough, in January, we started in-person co-working meetups, which At the time, felt wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so then as a reaction to COVID-19, um, and the death of George Floyd, you know, we, we organized some online video content to help lift spirits and get people inspired so they could go out there into the world and do good. And then in the fall, we tested an app. We did a little prototype and now we're in venture lab, which is part of Parsons and it's a little startup incubator. Oh, that's so cool. So and, um, coming full circle with like your master's program as well. Yeah. I'm going to get out of that program and be like in a much 
it's going to really push me further ahead than I would have got on my own pretty quickly. That's really cool. But um, yeah, there there's some excellent um, mentors in that program that are really helping us figure out what that business model is to help people to add something rather than replicate what's already out there um, and to maybe be able to pay each other. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. We love that. Doing the things we love, but also getting a paycheck. Important details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, usually our last question on the podcast is, you know, what's sort of like as a creative, your side hustle thing or like your little sort of like secret creative activity that you do that nobody knows about, but you have like 12 of them. So <laughs> if you were me interviewing you, what else do you want the design community to know, community to know? or if there are students or young designers out there that are chi- kind of just getting started, especially in sort of this new age of the industry that we're in, um, you know, what would you tell them? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's up to each of us to recommit to talking to each other and recommit to building those relationships, recommit to reaching out to people you haven't talked to in a while. I love that. And I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Um, for young designers, I would say, yeah, that same advice, but also, um, Oh, don't let the tools stop you. The, there'll always be new software. You know, like a perfectly done rendering or whatever is great. But if it's a bad idea, it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so true. Yeah, yeah. Harsh, but true. So like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Frank Gehry is famous for those like terrible, crazy, you know, drawings he does. Well, uh, wonderful drawings he does and crumbled pieces of paper he We're throws at entrance. Or I, yeah, so I mean, look what he's doing. And all and all and initially they do a lot of like scribbles on napkins. And I I know they have a very rigorous design process and all that, and lots of people working very hard on it. But you can get you can do a lot with a little. No, I love um, that. Don't let the tools stop you. I think that that's great advice. I think that that's really good advice. Yeah. And it's been I mean, I think I said before, but, you know, it's all part of this journey of life (laughs) and it's all okay. You know, especially starting, you don't know what you want because you have, you don't know enough about things. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And then when you get older, you know, it's like, you know, enough to get stuck in a certain way that you're happy enough and that, you know, so like you'll have other problems. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. Yeah. So be happy with wherever you are in the stages of life. I love that. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Um, yeah. I feel like I was blah, 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 blah. No, I mean, but... I'm interviewing you. That's what you're supposed to be doing. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to being on this side. No, it's great. I know you had a, a big pot or I guess it wasn't really a podcast, but like a design event when was that? Over the summer um, with mm-hmm. the F This Make That series, which was really cool. And you did all of the interviewing then. So it's good to be on no, Or no. No, that was a group of people. Yeah. I, I, I had a panel that went well. Um, and I think we, Plotting and Scheming, out on the West Coast, we partnered with them and some others. Um, and they really did an excellent job crafting sort of these narratives. Um and I think we put out some good vibes. So that was a good event. And all the videos are available on Brooklyn Creative Club's Instagram. 
Awesome. If anyone the, needs some inspiration. Brooklyn Creative Club? Mm-hmm. Is that the, the handle? Okay, perfect. Um, well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great catching up. And I hope you Yeah, sure. Um, sorry. No, no, no. I, hope you, I was just going to say, I hope you get a chance to make it back to Ohio soon. Hang out with us. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Um, how long are these episodes usually? Um, about this, 30-ish minutes. Okay, because yeah. I, I have some questions for you. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I can't the, help myself. Flip the script. <laughs> Sorry for, yeah. No, let's it, do it. It might be too early. You can cut all this out. No. <laughs> um, well, so give me an update on um, Tote, um, Tote Collective. Tote Collab, um, it's good. It's It's been slow right so we started we started doing like in-person by appointment only sort of responsible appointments back in when was that august i would say um and it went really well like every week we had people in here we had pretty consistent traffic um it was great and around the holidays you know numbers started to spike for covid and so we kind of shut down in-person stuff and started being a little bit more like instagram heavy and website heavy um, we did a few mailers to try to just like still stay relevant with people. Um, and yeah, so I would say from like Thanksgiving to probably I mean, really all the way through February, we didn't really have anybody in person. Um, and we were just mainly focused on virtual content, um, which was great because over the holidays, we actually sent out a survey and got a, little, a lot of really great data about how people like to receive information anyway. Um, oh, I love that. It was, it was so helpful because we actually found out that the majority of the designers, at least in, you know, in our demographic, in our market, preferred email outreach. We're like, okay, if that's how mm. people want, if that's how people want their information is in their inbox with everything else, I get that. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we did. And we sent out a bunch of stuff over the holidays with, with new content. And that's, so that's kind of where we're at, but we are about to kick off really this week kind of kicks off the, mm. The restart, the regeneration of uh, Tote Collab, Rep Lounge, in-person get-togethers again. So we're excited. Nice. Yeah, I I really love when you can squeeze in um, a survey or um, some interviews with yeah. real people. You get so – it gives you that moment to really think about the user and really actually have some data you can hold on to. And – you know, it's wonderful when you can sell a project to a client um, and have that because then they you get their trust. It's like, oh, that design decision was made because of this data. So we don't have to discuss whether the tiles are pink or purple, you know? Right. It's fact-based. It's fact-based. And you know, like this is, it feels like science, which in what can sometimes be like an arbitrary industry is so nice to be like, no, like we know that there's going to be a direct correlation to the decisions that we make. I love that. Yeah, wonderful. All right. Well, lovely as always to chat with you. Same, Paul. It's been a joy. Um, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. And do you want to do a plug for your – I know we talked about Brooklyn Creative Club, but what is your studio's Instagram or where can people find you to get more information about what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, my my small design shop is at Primate studio inc on instagram or on linkedin and um brooklyn creative club is also on linkedin and instagram at brooklyn creative club <laughs> wonderful well thank you so much thank you have a good one bye